the Power for Good podcast. I'm your host, Christina Ray Almeida, entrepreneur, environmental advocate, somatic healer, life coach, and really just a grateful part of this beautiful planet. I'm also a former alcoholic and addict, and I'm here to ask some really hard questions while diving deep and discovering how influential people are using their power for good or not. What happens when someone goes through an awakening? Can people really change? How and why? Let's explore. Hello loves, and welcome back to the Power for Good podcast a safe space where we discuss how people are using their power for good, spiritual transformations, and everything in between. Today's guest is Nathaniel DeBauer. Nathaniel is part of Psychedelic Water, a mood-boosting, non-alcoholic herbal supplement that's one of my personal favorites. I recently did a collaboration with them and they featured me for their January Sober Stories campaign. They are a very cool brand with a very cool ethos. I'll link the feature below in the show notes and the drink as well. Definitely try it out. Today, I'm excited for y'all to meet Nathaniel, who has been a part of Growing Psychedelic Water and is a very powerful individual. Nathaniel got his start working as a graphic designer for various tech companies. In 2021, he left the tech industry to go out on his own as a freelance designer. One of his first clients was Psychedelic Water. When he started working with the company, he viewed them as just another client, but by the end of the year, he had become so invested in the brand that he dropped all his other clients to focus exclusively with Psychedelic Water. Now, he's an integral member of the company, overseeing the creative evolution and marketing of the brand as Psychedelic Water seeks to open up people everywhere to the many benefits of psychedelic substances. So today, we're going to dive in and talk about psychedelics, psychedelic water, the Sober Curious movement, non-alcoholic drinks, and all of the above. So let's dive in. Hello loves and welcome back to the Power for Good podcast. I am so excited today because we have Nathaniel DeBoer joining us today. I hope I said that correctly. Yeah, close enough. All good. <laughs> How are you today, Nathaniel? I'm doing well. How are you? You got your psychedelic water with you there? Uh, yes, I do. I have, couple, <laughs> I have a couple cans around at all times for sure. <laughs> So I want to start off with a question today that I ask everyone on this podcast, which is how are you using your power for good? Oh, right. Right into a deep one. Um, We're going in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll kind of take a approach, a double approach to this, I guess. Like I'm here effectively representing psychedelic water today. So I can talk about how psychedelic water is using its power for good. And then I can kind of talk about my role in that, I guess. So with psychedelic water, our, our, we have a kind of a twofold goal. One is to normalize psychedelics in the eyes of the public because we believe that psychedelics are sort of an inherent good that has been unfairly maligned and criminalized. There is overwhelming evidence at this point that there are numerous benefits of psychedelics related to various mental health issues, whether that be depression or PTSD. And even just like on an anecdotal level, there's so many stories of people who have had sort of things in their life that they want to change. They haven't been able to, that they've been stuck on for a while. And through the power of psychedelic therapy or just a intentionally executed psilocybin trip have been able to sort of like get themselves out of a rut that they're stuck in. So we really believe in, in the benefits of these substances and we want to help normalize them. But the reality is, as it stands right now, a lot of people have a lot of presuppositions about psychedelics. 
a 50 year long drug war will do that. So there's a lot of like re-education and, and unlearning that needs to be done. And, and we want to be a part of that. So we're offering a product that's designed to introduce people to the idea of psychedelics at the very least in an approachable way. And we think that having something proudly branded as psychedelics sitting on the shelf of a convenience store between a can of Red Bull and a gallon of milk or whatever does a lot for sort of getting people comfortable with these things. An analogy that I always use is if you look at Cannabis, which over the last 10 years, maybe a little bit more, has gone from the sort of still quite stigmatized thing to relatively normalized in the grand scheme of things. Something that I think played a big role in that was the proliferation of CBD products. How that worked basically was that CBD was something that like people weren't familiar with the term. There wasn't presuppositions already placed upon it in the same way that like when they, people heard cannabis, there was. But CBD was always allied with that. People always understood, oh, this is like a byproduct or a part of or connected to cannabis in some capacity. It's like cannabis light, I guess. And hey, it helps me feel less stressed out. It helps me with aches and pains. It helps me with headaches. It's really had a positive effect in my life. Maybe I should be more comfortable or more on board with this whole the cannabis legalization thing. And I view what we're doing as a similar thing to that, but sort of like introducing people to these adjacent substances and having it be in this way that it's like, this is something that's going to help you, uh, something that's going to like uplift your mood, uh, relax you, chill you out. And it's not scary. It's genuinely very beneficial. We're hoping to do a similar thing to what, what CBD did to cannabis. And that dovetails nicely into like the second arm of what I'd say we're doing that's good, um, which is offering people an alternative to alcohol. That's really where we've seen the most success as a brand. It's obviously a very trendy thing right now. The sober curious movement has blown up. We're also hearing terms like damp lifestyle bandied about now where people are talking about complete removal of uh, alcohol from their lives, or rather a, a sort of approach that is much more mindful uh, when it comes to drinking. Regardless, it seems that across the board, people are looking to reduce their alcohol intake and are looking for alternatives. And that's where something like our product comes in. And how our product is different, I think, and better in some capacity than other alcohol alternatives that are out there is that it still offers some level of a buzz in some capacity. Like, I love Liquid Death. I think they're a super cool brand. And what they've done from that capacity is amazing. Liquid Death does a really great job of eliminating that sort of like, why aren't you drinking question at parties? Because what you're holding in your hand effectively looks like a craft beer, right? And our drink has that effect as well. It can easily be mistaken for an alcoholic cooler if you're not paying close attention. But Liquid Death is ultimately just canned water. Whereas, whereas our beverage does have a, a sort of mood elevating effect just without the lack of the, the inebriation that comes with alcohol, without the hangover, without the potential to blackout, all those sort of things. You still get that like elevated social lubrication that a lot of people drink to experience without those negative side effects effectively. So I think those are our two kind of goods, you know, normalizing psychedelics and offering people an alternative to alcohol, which I think a lot of people are kind of waking up to like, yeah, there's, there's better things out there. This isn't, the trade-offs are worth this. Definitely. I was going to ask you this later on, but I feel like it's the right time to talk about what are some of those ingredients that are in psychedelic water? I mean, I absolutely love psychedelic water. And I know that when I drink it, I do feel like a sense of calm, but at the same time, a bit happy and euphoric. Like my body just feels good, you know, but it's also relaxing. Kind of hard to explain, but yeah, overall, just a euphoric feeling. So what are those ingredients that give you those feelings? Yeah, I, I totally feel you on that, like hard to explain. Uh, no, I always feel like I'm contradicting myself when I describe it because it's like it 
elevates your mood, but chills you out. It's like, aren't those things contradictory? It's like, yes, but somehow that is what happens. <laughs> we have three active ingredients uh, in, in our blend. Um, those are kava kava, damiana, and green tea leaf. So the star of the show is kava. Uh, kava is a plant that has its origins in the sub-Pacific. It's been consumed there for thousands of years, long before alcohol was ever introduced to the sub-Pacific. It's the root of a plant that is ground up into a very fine powder, combined with water, and in the in the traditional way of preparing it, you'd kind of put that powder into like a, a thin cloth and then massage it in lukewarm water for a little while. And what you end up with is this sort of muddy looking water that you then drink. It has a very, very bitter taste in its sort of like traditional form, but it produces this sort of chilled out but elevated effect. So it sort of like elevates your mood without affecting your mental clarity. It has sort of like relaxing effects if you, you know, suffer from sort of like, I, I don't know, I sit at a desk and work all day. So I have the very conventional office worker aches and pains. And I find that those sort of things really just seep out of my body when I when I have a, a can or two of psychedelic water. Um, the secondary ingredients there are Damiana, which has a history as an aphrodisiac, although there's not really any like strong science to back that up. But we found like through some experimentation that we feel like it really works in tandem really nicely with the kava to sort of like elevate that elevating effect, basically. And it's, it's also been used as a treatment for anxiety. Some people smoke it, um, but we, we use it in, in an extract form in, in our uh, beverage as well. And then we also have green tea in there. Green tea obviously has lots of great properties as sort of like lots of health properties, basically. Uh, but we use primarily there as like a natural source of caffeine because kava can have sort of a, a drowsiness effect on some people. So we use it there to balance that out basically. But we are exploring the possibility of doing a, a caffeine-free version of the blend just because we know that there's certainly a percentage of our of our sort of our customers who use psychedelic water as a social beverage almost exclusively or primarily. But there is also a percentage who like it as that like wind down in the evening kind of drink and don't necessarily want that caffeine. So we're exploring that as an option. Nice. It's a perfect mix of natural ingredients and I love that, that it's all natural as well. So obviously it's not causing any damage to the body. Mm -hmm. Yep. And on the psychedelics end of it, how is the brand, what is the brand actually doing to promote? Are you guys raising awareness around psychedelics and the benefits of psychedelics or what are you guys doing around that? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a question we get a lot, right? Because obviously, kava itself is not a conventional psychedelic. Like when you think of psychedelics, you, people tend to think of, you know, psilocybin, LSD, MDMA maybe falls in your definition, ketamine, those sort of things. And all of those are quite regulated and controlled substances. So obviously, then they're not appearing here. Our goal was to create a blend that captured what we're calling like an aspect of the psychedelic experience. Um, our focus is really, yeah, like as far as like the psychedelics we like, so to speak. Psilocybin is is probably our favorite, our favorite one. And uh, it is it is a naturally based thing as well. So that was our idea is what, what sort of like a mood altering sort of things are there out there that we can we can create a blend with. And insofar as our overall sort of like goals as a company in that regard, well, as I mentioned before, like we really think that there's a lot of power to just the name psychedelic being on a commercially available product insofar as normalization goes. And then also through all of the kind of content that we put out there in the world, we try to sort of like project that psychedelic is not just a sort of potentially scary in some people's minds category of drugs, but it's rather an approach to life, a way of like looking at the world with sort of an open mindedness, an openness to new perspectives, 
and, and that sort of like general approach. But yeah, with, with each of our products, we're trying to capture an aspect of that psychedelic experience. Everyone's experience with psychedelics is a little bit different if you have done psychedelics. But just speaking to my own experience, consuming the beverage versus doing psilocybin, I would say that I think there's sort of a direct comparison between our beverage and the first few minutes after I've taken uh, like a small amount of psilocybin. There's sort of this period before any visuals start kicking in or anything like that, where you just feel really nice. And I think that's what our drink captures, but our drink only goes that far because we want it to be non-intimidating. We want it to be something that's accessible and approachable for the largest number of people possible. I guess that's really the goal with psychedelics as well, in a more medicinal sense, as well as to show people that they can have benefits and actually help you and change your life. So I'm curious about your experience with, with psychedelics and how they have positively impacted your life and what's been your journey, your psychedelic journey and, and experience. For me personally, I have actually, you know, I had a long history with psychedelics. I first tried LSD when I was a teenager and I've tried psilocybin and never had a negative relationship with it. And in fact, I do think it really changed my mindset and helped me through a lot of difficult times, helped me see a lot of things in some of the toxic relationships that I had. Uh, particularly mushrooms like psilocybin. I feel like it, show, it showed me a lot of truths. Yeah, I haven't had like a long history with it though. It was more just like a couple of times in my life. Yeah, yeah. As, as for my own experience, it's sort of ironic because my, my experience prior to getting involved with psychedelic water is actually quite limited. I had some friends who had experimented with like MDMA and, and mushrooms in, in university and things like that. But it never really been th a thing that was that popular in any of my circles. So it was never really a thing that I felt an inclination to, to do or even really had the opportunity to do. So my like background is in graphic design and I worked for a while in the tech industry. In 2020, 2021, I was in this tech job. I really wasn't enjoying it. I didn't really feel like I was contributing anything to society or myself. I felt stuck, but I didn't really know where to go. I ended up getting let go from that job and it was sort of the best possible thing that could have happened to me at that point in my life. I spent three months kind of just like doing nothing, basically. In the sort of time leading up to me getting let go and whatnot, I don't know, there was this sort of like thirst for knowledge that had sort of, had not really been something that I'd been feeling a lot leading up to that, that had sort of like reignited in my life. And I, I'd been reading a lot more and just trying to like, trying to like figure out where I fit into the world around me. And I ended up coming across a few different things that really sort of I connected with socially, politically, personally, and whatnot. And, and then that kind of led to me being like, okay, well, I need to work, obviously. What can I do that I will like genuinely enjoy? I like this whole design thing, but I'm not enjoying it in a tech context. Screw it, I'm just going to freelance. Then I can pick whatever projects I want to take on. If I need to take, I have connections to the tech world. So if I need to take a tech project on just to kind of like, you know, keep food on the table, so to speak, then I can. But I can also like free myself to work on more stuff that I, I want to do. And the same week that I made that decision, I had three different opportunities kind of like land in front of me, which was, was wild. But I sort of had an opportunity to do, to go into full-time work at another tech company. I had opportunities to do like part-time work for a like an internationally based tech company, which was more intriguing to me than just because it was something different again. And then I had psychedelic water come across my desk in like just a completely freelance capacity. I also ordered those as I listed them off in terms of like most to least amount of financial reward. They're also reversely inter in terms of like interest. I was like, I'm much more interested in this, uh, like the psychedelic water thing than I am in the full-time tech job. 
full-time tech job is the optimal like choice from a sort of like making money perspective and that sort of thing. And it was wild because it was right in the same time frame that I'd said, okay, screw it. I was going to start freelancing. So I ended up saying no to the tech job, even though it was the most lucrative. I took on these two other gigs, this this tech company and then Psychedelic Water. And I was like, well, let's see where this goes. But then I connected with Psychedelic Water. I became so engaged in what we were doing. My evening reading, which had varied across a lot of different topics, became focused a lot on like stuff related to psychedelics and that sort of thing. Three months later, I had basically given up the other sort of like ongoing client, the tech client, and was focusing all of my time on psychedelic water. And then I just kept having more opinions, kept getting myself added to more meetings, and then eventually sort of like worked my way into a full-time job. This is a very big buildup to say that it was really me getting involved with psychedelic water that pushed me down the path towards like actually experimenting with some of these substances and figuring that stuff out. So a while after, at like the six months after I'd started with psychedelic water, I connected with a buddy of mine who I, I knew like had access to, to some magic mushrooms and I did my first sort of trip and I did it with, with my wife. We got up on a Sunday, had some coffee, hung out, chatted, set some intentions and did a psilocybin trip. And it was an amazing experience. We were both, both in our own heads for most of it in the same room. So there was that connection there, but very much on our own sort of journey, so to speak. I think a lot of people talk about like doing one trip and it being this like completely life transforming experience. I don't know if it was that for me. I, I think that I kind of want to go do it again. <laughs> but it it definitely like, I, I took notes through the whole thing, which I'm really glad I did because oh, wow. <laughs> it, it was really interesting to kind of read those back and just kind of see all the things I was thinking about uh, through that experience. It gave me a lot to like think about after that trip. So that was like the the big kind of thing. Since then, I, I have taken up microdosing, which I now do on like a regular basis. And I've found is just good. Like it's like really, really great for my day-to-day -day sort of like focus. Like I, I don't even mean focus in terms of like specifically in like a, a lot of times that that's used in like a work context of like focused, plugged in, getting stuff done. I don't even mean it in that. I, I mean more in like a sense of like just my, my general, and for lack of a better term, focus is on the right things more. And like my, just my mental headspace is better. So I've really been enjoying doing that as well. And yeah, like I said, I don't think that the the experimentation has ended. It's just become a huge source of curiosity for me. And I think I'm going to continue to experiment <laughs> in the future with this stuff. So that's so beautiful. I love that you did that with your wife and that it was so intentional and that you took notes. <laughs> that's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. And me, I guess having done it when I was much younger, it really wasn't intentional. So I am sober now, but something I have thought about uh, in my life has been maybe in the future revisiting psychedelics. It's something interesting as a sober person, you know, that we talk about in sobriety and I talk about with other sober people is microdosing mushroom psychedelics, you know, is that sober or not? And people have different, different opinions about, and there's some people that, you know, what is it called? California sober. Yeah. Cali sober. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think everyone creates their own path. So I don't really like to go by anyone else's definition of sobriety. So I think, you know, you decide what it means for you, but I definitely think putting that intentionality behind it and doing something so beautiful, like waking up on a Sunday morning and really taking notes, doing it with your wife, that's very powerful and it can be very life-changing, reflective, meaningful, have you ever seen the documentary, How to Change Your Mind? Uh, the, on Netflix, the yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes to both. <laughs> yes. So I think that's a really powerful documentary or book for anyone interested in learning more as well and seeing how psychedelics is used in a medicinal sense. I watched it and it really helped me see as well the history of psychedelics and, and the war, how the war was involved 
um, the war on psychedelics and how we haven't really been doing enough testing um, using psychedelics and something that I'm so passionate about as well with, you know, this is just coming to mind. It's like how we can integrate psychedelics for mental health purposes, for helping people with anxiety, as you said, like depression, PTSD, uh, and experiment a little bit more with that and see how we can actually help people through microdosing and through these natural plants, like, like something like mushrooms rather than prescribing people hundreds of milligrams of doses of these unnatural chemicals, uh, pharmaceuticals, pills, things like I was prescribed before that actually alter the chemistry of your brain and cause long-term damage. For example, me, like I ended up getting epilepsy from withdrawal from all these pills that I was on. So to be honest, you know, if I was to go any route right now, I think that a better route is actually going the natural route and something to be explored. So just a little rant there for you. No, no, (laughs) totally valid. I mean, yeah, I, 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 Definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying there. I think what, just what you started off with about like, there's no like harder to fast definition of sobriety. I totally agree with that. I think that, I don't know, we we get discourse on social media sometimes about, well, I, you can't do this and be sober or whatever. And it's like, okay, like this is a completely like person to person specific definition. Like if I say I'm sober, that doesn't mean I'm like, I don't know. I feel like straight edge has a pretty strict definition. Sober can mean any number of things. Like it's, it's just people say sober instead of saying sober from alcohol or sober from XYZ. As you said, yeah, that's the Cali sober thing, which is like hard drugs, but not psychedelics and weed. Basically, <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's very much a personal definition, I think, as for kind of the many beneficial uses of psychedelics. Uh, yeah, I think that a lot of that a lot of that research kind of got stifled. You mentioned how to change your mind, and I think there's a, a really good quote in there. I'm probably going to get the quote wrong, but it's uh, one of the one of the people who was kind of a subject of one of the sort of tests in in the documentary. He he was a veteran who had PTSD, and he's talked he talks about like how he looks at the last 40 years and he feels like these like harmful products are the things that got mass marketed. And the ones that were actually had the opportunity to heal all got like demonized and criminalized. Yeah, I remember that. And it's so true. Yeah. So I'm very passionate about, you know, sharing my story around that and you know how some of those pharmaceuticals have actually hurt me. And I'm very interested to learn more about how psychedelics can be used in the medicinal sense and, and helping people, to helping people who are suffering mental health, and depression, anxiety, PTSD, all of the above. So uh, I think that there is a lot of benefit to it and yet to be explored. I think we're just at the beginning of it for sure. So I love what Psychedelic Water is doing. I think it's a really, really great mission. Many of us live life disconnected from our bodies, feeling out of control and reactive. We lose control of our emotions, scream at our children, the dog, our partners. This affects our lives negatively. It hurts our relationships and ultimately it hurts us. Breathwork has been one of the most powerful rituals that I've developed in building a better relationship with myself, my body, and my emotions. Through breathwork, I'm able to move from a reactive state to a proactive state, and this has positively changed my life, my relationships, my health, my career, and ultimately led me on a healing journey. So that's why I'm so excited to announce the launch of my new platform, Ray Rituals, a membership community that offers on-demand breathwork practices that you can integrate into your everyday life to energize, balance, and relax your mind and body while supporting you in healing. Through Ray Rituals, you can build a breathwork practice where you instinctually start to come back to your body and are able to process your emotions and release them. It's an unlearning of what the world has taught you to push your feelings down, to distract yourself and keep going, but instead 
to pause, to breathe, feel, and move. It's simple, it's quick, and it's effective. Join me and sign up for Ray Rituals now at rayrituals.com. It's time to take your power back, one breath at a time. So I'm a little curious, how did actually Psychedelic Water get started? Can you tell me more about just how it launched and the founding of it? Yeah, sure. So our founder is a guy named Keith. He had previous experience in cannabis around 2018, 2019. Some of the rumblings basically that had predicated the legalization of cannabis or the process to legalization of cannabis in both the US and Canada. He began hearing some of those same rumblings in the context of psychedelics, that being you know, organizations like MAPS doing these studies and, and this sort of information coming out and the FDA sort of allowing allowing psychedelics to be used in like a, a testing for medicinal research context. Uh, a lot of this stuff happened with cannabis 10, 15 years earlier. And he was like, okay, let's try and get in on the ground floor of this. Let's try and speed this process up because it was a very long and arduous process for cannabis to go from something that was like completely out of the mainstream and considered very bad by the vast majority of people to be something my grandma thinks is chill, you know? So he was like, what can we do to normalize, to help normalize this? And that's that's where the idea kind of came from. And that's where that vision of like, okay, let's create a brand that creates consumer products that are, that are branded as psychedelic, attempt to sort of replicate some aspect of the psychedelic experience. Because yeah, obviously we can't use the actual substances, but just having that on shelves and getting that in front of people is going to get people reading about this, is going to get people talking about this. And, and hopefully we can, we can help speed up the process uh, through that, that sort of means. So that was the idea. And then from there, it was like, okay, well, what what works. And then that led to the discovery of kava. We spent like six months working with a food scientist out of NYU, kind of talking about different things that might work, options that would be viable, and, and eventually landed on kava, partially because it's not extremely common. So there was an opportunity to kind of like be one of the first beverages doing kava as an ingredient, kava as like a kind of main active ingredient, and certainly the first to the first sort of like psychedelic branded consumer product. So yeah, eventually we landed on Kava. And then from there, there was a long time spent figuring out, you know, what are we calling this? What's the design going to look like and whatnot? And all that kind of led up to us launching in February of 2021. So we're coming up on two years. When we launched, we had what we thought was six months of inventory ready to go. About a month after we launched, we had a, basically a week where we sold through most of that inventory because we went viral on TikTok uh, early 2021. Largely, I think in part due to our sort of like, yeah, unique name and, and branding. I think that that holographic striped can is something that's incredibly eye-catching and, and I think does a really good job of representing our sort of vision of redefining psychedelics for a for a sort of new generation. I think there's a there's a tendency to lean into like 70s and 60s iconography with a lot of psychedelic branded stuff, but we wanted to avoid that. And I think that what we managed to come up with, you know, it draws influence from that, but feels incredibly modern and really led to that that sort of early success. But yeah, it was, it was Keith's idea, and then uh, we kind of have taken it from there. We're still a small team that there's just six of us, really. There's the core team and then some sort of uh, sales folks as well. But we've managed to build this thing up from, yeah, that launch uh, a little under two years ago to we're now available in 650 stores across the US. We're available on our own website, Amazon, and working on new products and things like that. And it's been a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah, I absolutely love the can. It's a great design. 
it feels cool drinking it <laughs> at a party. We have a bunch of them at the retreat and the women just loved it. They loved the feeling, the taste, but I think just the can is very attractive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So something I read on the website, and you were talking about it too, is that the psychedelic is a state of mind or it's a, it's an approach, a lifestyle. What do you think that really, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So I think it was sort of like a, a foundational idea of what we're doing is this sort of belief that like psychedelic is not just a, a category of substances. Uh, if you define it that way, then then I suppose, yeah, technically we're not psychedelic, but we don't think that that's what it is. We think it's this, this shared approach that people who want to, to see the world differently, who want to change things, who want to do something different, share. That's who we would define like someone as being like a psychedelic thinker, which is sort of the terminology that we would use inter internally. So someone who's really visionary, who wants to do something different in their space, or who just lives their life in a very open-minded way, we would define as someone who is who is psychedelic. And I think that that, word, that is a way that a lot of people use the word. Like that's another thing that we'll get sometimes. It's like, your product does not literally contain LSD, therefore, how can you call it psychedelic? But it's like, are you licking your Pink Floyd record? It's called psych psychedelic rock, but it doesn't literally contain uh, it's in, it's inspired by uh, this the spirit. Uh, it's exactly exactly. It has this psychedelic spirit to it. It's inspired by um, the these substances and what these substances represent. And that's I think what we mean when we say that that psychedelic state of mind is getting at what that word or that idea represents versus um, you know limiting limiting it to that specific category of substances. So that's the idea with the psychedelic state of mind. I love it. So last question that I ask everyone as well. Have you had a spiritual awakening perhaps uh, on your psychedelic trip? <laughs> or <laughs> maybe you feel you've had many and a lot of people say they've had many, but yeah. So spiritual awakening. Have you had one? Yeah, I, I don't think I had. I don't think I could identify like a particular singular moment that was a completely transformational moment. I feel like there are lots of, yeah, lots of small moments basically that all sort of add up. I, I talked a bit there about, I, I, like I, as I was going through it, I realized I'm like, dang, I'm adding a lot of backstory to like going on one, my first uh, psychedelic trip or whatever. But I think that, I think the reason that my mind went there is because I think a lot of those things had to happen for me to get to kind of where I was there. And as much as I don't identify any, any specific moment in there as like a spiritual awakening or like a completely transformative experience, the sort of where my life was at and the person who I was circa beginning of 2020 to middle end of 2021 changed a lot. And I don't think at any point during it, I really, really realized that there were sort of like tangible material changes that happened at specific points, like getting fired, like having different um, job opportunities come across the desk, so to speak. Yeah, developing an interest in in sort of reading and learning again that had kind of gone away from me for a while. Doing work that I was really passionate about and enjoying again. I think all of those small things, uh, none of them felt massive at the time, but all of them looking back summatively added up to sort of me being in a very, very different spot today than I am then. And I guess, yeah, you could kind of call that a, a period of transition or a period of transformation in my life for sure. And I don't know if it's done yet. I might, I might still be in that phase, but. Um, You're still in the midst of it. <laughs> yeah. So. That's beautiful. So yeah, we're on a journey. I'm on a journey. <laughs> And the journey never ends, you know, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think it's uh, coming to an end, it starts again. Well, thank you so much for coming on Power for Good podcast, for sharing all about psychedelic water, your experience, your journey. I'm going to put in the, in the show notes where you can purchase your psychedelic water. 
as well as the sober stories that, that we did together. But where else can people connect with Psychedelic Water? Yeah, totally. So uh, yeah, as far, as far as like purchasing the product, if you want to try it out. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, we're available at 650 stores across the US now. We're in most states. Most of the start stores are in like, you know, the major metropolitan areas. So New York City and Los Angeles, uh, it's about 200 plus stores there. But um, if you have an Urban Outfitters in your city, you should be able to get it there because we are available in all Urban Outfitters across the country. And if you are in one of those major areas, we're available in Air One, we're available in Bristol Farms, Foxtrot, which is in like DC, Atlanta, Austin. Uh, so if you go to our website, we have a page called Where to Buy and there's a store locator there that you can find the closest spot to where you are. If there's not a store near you, don't worry. Um, we do sell online as well. So you can get psychedelic water through our website or through Amazon, as well as a handful of other um, online retailers. If you just want to connect with the brand, uh, see what we're up to, um, you can follow us on social media. We're psychedelic underscore water on Instagram, psychedelic water, no underscore on TikTok. And uh, if you follow along there, that's, that's where we're posting all kinds of different content about uh, what we do, what we care about. Come hang out, check us out and um, hope everyone gets a chance to try and, and really enjoys enjoys what we're doing. So yes, try it out, connect. And thank you all for listening and joining us today. Thank you, Nathaniel. Thank you. I'm Christina Ray, and you've been listening to the Power for Good podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join me next week for another powerful conversation. Share a story of how you are using your power for good by sending me a DM on my Instagram, at Christina Ray Almeida. I'll be sharing your stories at the end of every episode weekly. If you're interested in learning more on how we can work together, head to my website, IamChristinaRay.com, and let's connect. Sending you so much love, and remember, you are powerful.